You were at that hearing on Monday. Can you tell me what was going through your heart and your mind? Well, um, I guess I approached it from a um, from a perspective that uh, I was there um, representing myself, Joe Norton, as a as a uh, as a person from Ganawage, or at the time when this all took place, it was called Kapnawaga. And uh, I began to, memories started to come back to me about the things that happened back in those days and how it significantly changed my life. Um, we didn't have very much time in the actual hearing to present, you know, a wide, wide variety of things. We were limited to, they said three minutes, but I stretched it into five. In any event, it was... Um, there was uh, there was some emotion attached to it because, you know, um, I didn't realize up until just uh, just recently how significant things, how much effect it had on me. Uh, the Indian Day School and the manner in which uh, we were we were under duress to learn the English language and to learn uh, somebody else's history. And to learn of somebody else's social sciences and all of that when there was never anything mentioned about us and ourselves and our people. Have you found the inner power to forgive the powers that be that did this to your nation? Well, for me, it's, um, it's, it's not even thinking about forgiving or forgetting and all of that. It's just doing something in order to, um, uh, in order to uh, not make amends, but to uh, move on into the future and uh, show that, uh, you know, when I was, when uh, at that time between 1956 and 1962, when I was uh, made to feel so stupid because I could, couldn't speak English, very well, and I didn't understand uh, numbers and whatever else. It was a it was a question of more or less having the strength and the willingness and the stubbornness to say, "Well, how would you people? I'm here, and I'm going to show you what I can do, and I've done it." You know, and I feel vindicated to some degree, but at the same time, I still often ask, "Why did we have to go through that? Why did they try to take away everything and anything about us?" When you were there, I'm, obviously you ran into fellow people that were also penalized just for being who they were somehow or feel that they were being penalized for just how they were. Did, did you manage to share, did you manage to console each other in any way out there in Winnipeg? Not necessarily, but I did listen to uh, a lot of um, discussion that went back and forth while waiting for the um, for the opportunity to speak before the court, and I listened to you know at lunchtime and in the afternoon, listened to a, very, a variety of people and the presenters, because uh, there was nobody there that was um, that said that there shouldn't be a compensation, uh, some form of compensation, and perhaps uh, you know whatever comes with that. It was more or less how to do it, you know. So there was people that had a, a variety of approaches, and they talked often about what happened to them back in their own in their own territories. You know, 
because you had people there from right across the country that came into that went into Winnipeg to uh, participate in this event. So there was a there was a sense of, for me, it was more or less listening to what they were saying, and um, I guess uh, qualifying, if that's the proper word, uh, the reason why I was there, uh, confirming why I was there, and that this wasn't just a waste of time. When you were there, when you talk, does it bring some sort of closure at all? Um, to some degree, yes, because um, what I feel now is uh, because the community here in Ganawage, all of the people, are, hopefully all of them have been listening and, and know and understand that there's going to be some kind of, uh, of uh, uh, process to... Uh, to get some compensation, you know, for things that happen to them. But also there's a step in the right direction because those kinds of schools divided us too. And I think it created a lot of different situations that are still existent today that have divided the community. And acknowledging what happened to all of us, we're all the same, no matter what position we held or where we sat in the community, you know, we all suffered the same, uh, the same abuses and the same, uh, you know, mental abuses, physical. So that levels the playing field. And it says we better start talking to each other about how we can utilize this, this, um, this, this circumstance to heal ourselves. Uh, okay, but how, how did you get divided? What do you mean? Could you just elaborate for a sec on that? What do you mean? Well, over time, you know, you had Catholics, you had Protestants, you had different things that were going on uh, within the community. One part of the community is traditional, traditional. One part of it is non-traditional. Traditional people got picked on more than the Protestants did. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of that has gone back and forth. And even though it's like more than 60 years ago, I think a lot of that still, it's still there's still a sense of, of the frustration from that. Now we have something to concentrate on, all together, all of us, to say this is what causes us to divide ourselves, and this can bring in us bring us together. Did you give a thought to Gary McLean as you were there, because he was the man that that said that's enough and started the lawsuit? Yes, I did. I mean, I I didn't mention him in the. Um, in the actual hearing, but I knew Gary McLean. I remember when he ran for um, he ran for uh, a seat in uh, federal politics. I think it's I forget what year that was. It was the the uh, for the Liberal Party, mm-hmm. and he's the one that raised the issue about the Indian Day schools. And I wasn't exactly sure what he meant by that. Never got a chance to talk to him again. Talked to him a few times, and we met, we sat, we talked. But after, you know, after about two years, and he became ill, and that was it. Yeah, but I did he, think about him, though, because this is his legacy. He's a hero. Yes, he is. Where does this go from here, Grand Chief? Well, we can't lose the moment. Let's put it that way. It's here now. And for me, I want to encourage our people to begin to work on a process of talking to each other and, and perhaps utilizing our experiences from the past because we all suffered the same thing. How do we take those experiences 
and how do we patch ourselves back up? Because this is several generations this took place, from 18-something when they first established the the, uh, Indian Day School process alongside of the residential school process. So there were two attacks from different angles. And we all have to understand that it's intergenerational. All these things have taken their toll and their effect on us. And the anger shouldn't be shouldn't be uh, lateral violence against each other. It should be accepting the fact that this is what happened to us. This is the way things are. Now we move forward with this. And, you know, to me, you could get $10 or $10,000 or $20 or $200,000. I'm not saying it's meaningless, but that, is, that, that doesn't create the healing process. Okay, last the thing that I've learned from... First Nations friends of mine who told me anger will only kill you. Really. It will only destroy you from the inside. How key is that? Yeah, that's an important fact of life. I mean, it, it doesn't only apply to uh, to to indigenous people. No, I know. In any, any, any given society. Uh, but for us, um, for some of us, anyway, the way I handle things is I become very active. I do things. That helps me That helps me get the, the anger out of my system, and I apply it to making things happen. You know, to show the non-Native people, the governments, and the, the generations that we've had this, this inside of us that we can recover, and we will recover. We pass that feeling on to our children, grandchildren, and so on and so forth, future generations. And to the rest of us. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being you. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye for now.